Welcome to Weddings Unveiled, a podcast for your wedding planning process. I'm your host, Leah Longbreak. We know how exciting and stressful playing the big day can be, and we're here to help, offering you advice from industry experts and those with firsthand experience. On today's show, we have Eric Smith, also known as the Bearded DJ with CLE Music Group. He's giving us his advice on what you should consider when booking a DJ or band. Eric, I'm really excited to have you on the show today. Before we get started, go deep diving into booking a DJ or a band, tell us a little bit about yourself and CLE Music Group. Guys, I've been DJing for 10 years now. I got started late. I was 28. You know, I, I'm not sure anybody like is going to college and thinking like oh, I'm going to be a wedding DJ when I when, when I'm older or as a career. And you know, it just kind of just kind of fell in my lap. You know, I, I saw somebody that I went to school with doing it, saying, "Hey, I'm making Facebook posts. I'm going out to DJ." And I was like, "Well, you know, we were the guys that were putting together playlists in college for parties." And I was like, "If he can do it, I can do it." So then I reached out to him, and I and then I he told me to to get a hold of Scott at Cleveland Music Group, which was then Jerry Bruno Productions, and that was kind of it. You know, I went and talked to Scott, followed Scott around for a couple of years, and, and started DJing on my own. Now it's been ten years, and it's a full blown career, which is insane to me and to everybody that I know. I think when I started doing it, it has to be exciting to be a part of a couple's most important day. Yeah, that's the. Uh, as a wedding vendor, like I feel like I have, I have the best job just because all I have to do is like make sure everybody's having a good time, and then when I walk away at the end of the night, like I, my job's over. Like I don't have to do anything else. <laughs> and you know, videographers and photographers, they're you know hours of editing and calling and and doing all this other stuff, and and I just get to come and have fun and then leave, which is is crazy. And you know, I think back and what my legacy will be and it's you know thousands of people just had fun because i was there playing music for them which is a pretty awesome thing now you also have your own podcast tell us about that so i have a podcast called new dad newer dad with a wedding photographer friend of mine dustin lopez that we started in 2018 when we both found out we were having my second kid his his first kid and we were talking at a wedding about podcasts and and you know, wanting to start talking about stuff. And, and we were going through, you know, this, the pregnancy journey with our wives. And so we started the a podcast about being a parent and becoming a parent. And, and then we never stopped becoming parents um, <laughs> after that. So we started with one kid. I, I just had my son, Bo, and, and now we have, between the two of us, we have five kids. Wow. I think that's it, but, but we're going to keep talking about being parents. So well, as the kids grow, there's more content to discuss. Yeah, that's what every time, every time we found out my wife was pregnant, we were like, well, that's more content for the podcast at least. <laughs> so let's go right into the very first thing I think that comes to mind when it comes to hiring a DJ. Where do you start looking? Where should a couple start considering who to hire to be a DJ or, or band or just a company in general? I think you should really kind of think about your own experience and and the weddings that you've been to. There's a lot of bad DJs. There's a lot of bad bands. There's a lot of great DJs, and there's a lot of great bands, especially in Cleveland. Being able to see something firsthand is probably the best way to kind of know what you what you want, and what you're looking for. And there's so many different styles. Like you know, there's the DJ that will get out there and dance with people and, and teach them how to dance. A lot of people don't want that. Some people do want that. So that's you know something to consider. How much stock should couples put into reviews? Like if someone goes to the Knot or Wedding Wire or a company's website, are reviews a good telltale of 
how their service is. And that's a tough one because it, it's it can be, but it also can be misleading. The Knot and and Wedding Wire, it, it's fairly easy to get bad reviews taken down. One group comes to mind that uh, that you know the Cleveland Music Group is it's kind of educating people about that isn't really a band. It's a, a company nationwide that you know throws together like pickup bands for every wedding like two weeks before. But they have thousands of great reviews because they're they're nationwide and they can all have them all sourced to this one spot. And you know you'll find like one or two like bad reviews sprinkled in here because most of them they're able to get taken out because if there's like one piece of information that's not 100% accurate, they can get rid of those reviews fairly easily. Interesting. But reviews are important. A lot of times, you know, it's on the website, you know, you're going to see a lot of good reviews. I think volume is going to tell you a lot. Like the higher volume of of reviews is going to be helpful. But you shouldn't put like full stock into it. It's not like a guarantee. It's a good gauge, but try to see if you can see them in action. Right. If you can see them in action, that's great. You know, uh, selling bands and DJs, you know, we send people out to see bands. It's a lot easier and it's a lot more important to see a band in person because there's only, they have a song list that they they pull from for, for weddings, you know, and, and there's only so much that they can do. So the performance is going to be fairly similar every time out. So you're going to get a really good idea of what they can do if you go, we send couples out to do peek-ins at weddings. So once dancing oh, started. You can? Yeah. Kind of like wedding crash? Yeah, but we <laughs> <laughs> we teach everybody, you know, what to do for these peekins. So we have them come like once dancing has already started, dress like you're a wedding guest, come in the front door and like hang back and just kind of observe the band. Interesting. So it's not like in Wedding Singer where like you're seeing the guy up there on stage solo <laughs> trying to woo you. I, I to would be. hope not. I hope we're not sending people out to do that. And we always check with the couple whose whose wedding it is to make sure that they're okay and they're aware that someone's going to be coming to check it out. So, you know, there's no surprises there. With a DJ, it's totally different because a DJ has literally every piece of music at their disposal. So we don't like sending couples out to see DJs because he could play one song that you don't like and that'll turn you off from that DJ completely. In reality, you're going to go through a huge planning process with that DJ. So that song probably would never get played at your wedding anyways. So, you know, people ask to go see DJs at weddings and there's too much that goes into each wedding for that specific couple, at least for me and most of our DJs, that we make it so unique to each person that it probably wouldn't be a good representation of what would be happening at your wedding. And if you do not want the guests to make song requests, make it very clear, because, like, I had told our DJ, absolutely not. Like, here is pretty much an order how I would like the music. I, you know, you know kind of curated it. And on the reception, I'm like, why the hell is Runaround Sue playing? Like, not that I don't love Dion. You don't like Runaround Sue? No, I do, just not for my wedding. Like, I know it's a popular wedding, and it, tons of people are on the dance floor. And so I, that's why I didn't complain. But I was like, but because that played, Irish Celebration from Macklemore did not. You know what I mean? So it's like, I should have said, I just should have reminded earlier on, like, as a reminder, no song requests. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. 
Thanks so much for checking it out. What is the most popular, like the top three most popular wedding songs and the three least, like people like, please don't chicken dance me or electric slide or, you know? I have, and this is, you know, something that, you know, when you're talking to a DJ, you can get, you can really get a feel for like what they're going to play. And then this is something that I make clear to everybody that talks to me before booking. It's like, I, I have my own personal do not playlist in my mind of mm-hmm. like, like chicken dance. I don't go near the chicken dance. I don't <laughs> go near YMCA. Electric slide is one of the, like, you know, it's bottom tier line dance. And even just line dances in general, like I don't, I don't touch those unless I need them. Those are tools. And that's the only way that I use line dances. And like if people are not getting on the dance yeah, exactly. floor, you're like, all right, keep it shuffle, it is. Yeah. Same with slow <laughs> songs. Like if if we have a, a party going and everybody's just going crazy, I don't want to slow it down. Like I just want to keep going. So, you know, a slow song gets people on the dance floor that maybe wouldn't be on the dance floor for the fun stuff. So that's when I use it. It's so tough to to say like what a top wedding song is. Like there's there's like the ones that everybody knows, like a like a Don't Stop Believing is is like strictly last song. For some reason, up until this year, you know, I've played it at like I don't know seventy percent of my weddings as like one of the last two songs. I stopped playing it. I don't know why. I just don't stopped stop believing. It. Yeah, you stopped believing and don't stop believing. Uh, yeah, I, I did. <laughs> Maybe it was the pandemic. Maybe it just crushed the spirit. <laughs> I love I love ending the song on something that. Or ending the 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 night on a song that maybe the couple didn't realize they even wanted, but it like falls in line with their requests like completely, or or like something that came up during a toast. That's the stuff that I love to do is when when I'm really doing my job and paying attention and like I pick up on something and I'm like, all right, this is what I'm gonna do. And then the end of the night, just like the last three songs are just like huge sing-alongs, like Sweet Caroline. Sweet, <laughs> sweet, sweet, sweet Caroline. I reserve for requests. If I get a request from a bride and groom, I'll, I'll, I'll play it. Yes, Sweet Caroline is a little bit cliche. September Earth, Wind, and Fire. I would think September's, is a classic. September's awesome. September's really fun. Yeah. Usually, if I have a longer seventies set, I'll, I'll get into some September. Like some Brick House and yeah, Brick House get, comes up on Do Not Playlist a lot. Really? Yeah. So I tend to stay away with like when things like constantly come up on a Do Not Playlist. I tend to like, you know, store that and and just kind of stay away from them in general. And you probably have like the more modern, pretty much anything Justin Timberlake, but especially like a sexy back or Can't Stop the Feeling, I'm assuming. Yeah, you know, Can't Stop the Feeling a couple years ago, every wedding, you know, it's it's started declining this year. I think I've played it just a couple times because it was a request, but it's like some songs stick around, some like, like Blurred Lines in 2013. Mm-hmm. God, Blurred Lines, I played it, you know, three, four times at one wedding <laughs> because they want it over and over again. And I don't play it anymore, like, at all. You're like, it's over. Yeah. You can play the original. The Marvin Gaye got to give it up. <laughs> that You know, it's a good song. It's just not dancey. It's not danceable enough. Yeah. Like, that's a good cocktail song for sure. That's something else that couples should consider. Like, you're not just looking into what music to play for your reception. We've got ceremony, pre-ceremony, during the ceremony, and cocktail hour. And dinner, too. Let's start with ceremony. What should you consider with your pre-music and your walk down the aisle, both you and your bridal party? Because there's so many options. You can go with, you know, a pop hit or R&B jam, or you can have violinists. Like, where do you begin with that? I mean, it really... Because you're, you're going to set the vibe for the rest of the night, so it's it's really just kind of what you want to do. Do you want this to be a fun evening? Do you want it to be, like, a serious thing? 
you know, most of the time people now, they opt for like during the prelude. If I'm providing the music, you know, I'm, I'm usually playing like, you know, vitamin string quartet, string covers, that kind of thing. Something soft. And then, you know, change it up a little bit for like the the processionals. Usually you want, like I always recommend having the bridal's processional sound a little bit different than the rest of the bridal party. Like if you're doing strings for the bridal party, do a piano cover for the bride. So just as something to kind of differentiate and not make it all feel like it's just one thing, like really make you feel special. But then, yeah, you can you can do the the live musicians, you know, string quartet. They sound amazing. You can have, you know, if you're out in a barn or something, you know, get a, a, a guitarist. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of great guitar singers here in Cleveland. A jazz quartet. Jazz quartets are great, you know, and and that's something that can be more fun too. You can you can transition that into cocktail hour, and have a you know a saxophonist you know walking around. Oh yeah, with that'd be fun. Yeah. How should you determine what you walk down the aisle to? Like I'm not traditional, so I didn't walk down to the dun 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 dun. You know, I walked down to Paul McCartney and Wings. Maybe I'm amazed, but if someone's on the fence, like what do I do? Do I go this traditional route? Do I pick a song? Like What's your advice? Do whatever you want to do. Like, whatever feels right. Like, this is what I always tell brides and grooms. Like, it's it's your day. Like, you can do whatever you want. You know, I, I'm just there to facilitate it. You know, it comes up a lot with, like, the cake cutting. Like, oh, what do people normally do for the cake cutting? It doesn't matter what people normally do. Like, cake cutting is, like, it's such a little thing. People default, like, if you Google it, it'll be, say, like, oh, you know, do, um like sugar, sugar, or, you know, something having to do with sweet or sugar or whatever. You don't need to do that. You know, maybe you had a runner-up for your first dance. You know, pick that. Pick whatever you want. That's a great option. Like, it doesn't have to be anything. This is like one minute of you cutting a cake and like half of your guests paying attention. <laughs> yeah. Make it special. Pick a song that you love. It doesn't matter what it is. So then when you transition for cocktail and dinner, should you stick to music that's more instrumental? Can you do songs with lyrics? Like, what's the best bet? Again, you can you can do anything you want. For cocktail hour, I would say doing instrumental is probably not necessary for cocktail hour because people are up and moving and and louder. You know, if you're going to keep it quiet, I would do that during dinner. The biggest thing when I'm handling cocktail and dinner music for couples is that like I make playlists for every single wedding that I do. Like I, I don't have like a cocktail hour that I, I'm like, okay, here's my cocktail hour music. This is what I use. And you should be skeptical skeptical of any DJ that does that. Because it's your wedding day. So maybe you don't love dancing or your groom doesn't love dancing. So they're not going to be interested in that part of the evening so much. Cocktail hour and dinner is a time where you can tell me what kind of music you want to listen to or what you listen to on your daily lives. And I can create a playlist for you just based off of that. Give me a few artists and, and I'm going to build it. You know, I have, if you looked at my Spotify, I have hundreds, hundreds of playlists on there from cocktail hours and dinners that I've created for every single wedding that I've done. I use the rap pack as an example. I was like, I always tell people if if you if you don't listen to you know Frank Sinatra in your daily life, why would you listen to it on your wedding day? Yeah, oh yeah, that's true. Like you know, let me put together a nice indie playlist for you, or you know, some some new country, or some old country, anything that you want. Sometimes that's the most fun thing for me to, is when someone gives me like an odd request for like a cocktail hour. Like I've had someone say like, I just want eighties ballads. I'm like, I love it. Yeah. I like I will spend all day making this awesome <laughs> playlist for you that's way longer than it needs to be. One wedding I did, they just wanted one hit wonders. Oh. I was like, this this is amazing. And I, you got to do a deep dive on one hit wonders. And you know, it, it's it's little things like that. I love what you said though. Like be skeptical if the DJ 
just has a grab-and-go playlist. I mean, unless you're really cool with that. But then you're not getting something curated for yeah. you probably the rest of the time either. Yeah, and if if you don't want to, you know, be bothered with, you know, giving someone music that you like, then then that's fine. You know, that's a question to ask when you're when you're booking somebody or trying to decide on a DJ. You know, what what is your approach to cocktail and dinner music? You know, is this something that, you know, if, if you lead in the questioning, you know, they're gonna, obviously going to answer in the affirmative. But... You should have a hand in that, and, and you should really, you know, they should want to make the day, you know, special for you. Do these rules also apply if you're booking a band? Oh, yeah, definitely, because a lot of times the band is going to be playing music through their system for cocktail hour rather than performing it, because usually the performance, it starts later on, so they have to, they go through the same process for cocktail and dinner music usually, at least for the beginning of dinner. With bands, they're going to give you their, the song list of all the songs that they're capable of, you know, always ask if if there's something that you don't see on the list, but they're gonna they're gonna have you cross out songs that you don't want them to play. Also, when in the planning process should a couple start doing their research and booking a DJ band? There's only so many days in a year, <laughs> and Fridays and Saturdays definitely fill up fast. So, how soon should they start looking? It's you know, it depends on how important it is to you. So you know, when I was planning my wedding, you know, I knew I wanted to have this this one band. Like, I knew I wanted them. So I reached out to them, and I was like, hey, these are a couple weekends we're, we're planning on having our wedding. Which ones are you open? And they lined up with our venue. And that was it. It was a venue and then band because we knew what we wanted. It's kind of how you prioritize things, you know. And normally, music kind of ends up as, like, a third or fourth thing that people are usually booking. So it usually goes venue photographer and then you know somewhere music is in there and then flowers after that usually so no budget's going to vary based on region mm-hmm. what costs in cleveland's going to be different than new york city or la or if you're in the uk or australia but what's a good healthy budget range for a dj and for a band that couples should kind of have already in their head so they're not sticker shocked in cleveland you know for a, a good dj you're you're going to spend at least I want to say at least 1500 and that's usually for five hours. So you have to budget a little bit more if you need them to handle ceremony, cocktail hours, anything over five hours. A band, good bands are usually going to start around $4,000. That's for a smaller band, um, usually four or five pieces. And then, of course, there's add-ons because... Companies like yours, like CLE Music Group, you do far more than just DJs and bands. There's uplighting, there's photo and video booths, et cetera. So tell us about some of these different offerings and the pro and cons of couples having them. Yeah, so we, I mean, we do a ton of uplighting, photo booths, bistro lighting. A lot of that's dependent on the venue, like a place like City Hall or Courthouse. Like, you know, you've never seen those, you know, without uplights. So that's usually something that we let couples know up front when they're booking their band or their DJ. You're you're definitely going to want this. But usually, you know, stuff like that, it's so easy to add that on later. That's something that, you know, if you're in a room that might need it, might not need it, you can hold off and kind of see, you know, where your budget's at and add it on later if, you know, you find some extra money. Super easy to add on later. Same with photo booths. You know, if you, you know, if you decide to do that photo booth, you know, they're a ton of fun. Some people just don't like them. Well, there's so many different versions now, too. Because, yeah. like, there's still the traditional photo booth, which is fun and mm-hmm. great. And I recommend just making it your favor, like I did, because it saves you money there, too. But there's also the video booths. 
that I see that are really popular now. There's like the ring light ones that are kind of self-contained. Like Yeah, like the purely social booths. Like we, we have one of those, we call it the Halo booth, where, you know, it's just like a picture or a GIF and you're emailing it right away. I love that. It's really easy to to do those. And like, I feel like you can just go back and go back and go back and it's it's really fun. But yeah, there's there's so many different things now. It's kind of crazy. Those um, 360 booths scare me. <laughs> Why is that? They just like, so I'm looking at a tripod here with like a skinny arm on it, right? And and it's like attached to this thing on the bottom. And it just seems like it's not what I would want to have a, around a bunch of like, you know, 150 drunk people. Like It just <laughs> seems like it's going to break. And is this like where you spin around? Kind of like, I, I think of Yeah, you stand e- on like the circle platform and it goes around you. Yeah, yeah like, I think like of a, like on the Oscars and stuff like that. They've been doing that now, having them on the pedestal and it goes around. That's crazy. I didn't know that was happening in weddings. I thought it was just for like Oscar night. I've seen them at a couple of weddings. We, we've had them at like, you know, networking events and stuff here. So they're they're out there. I know you offer it, but how popular are the monograms that are like lit up on your dance floor, on the walls and stuff like that? You know, stuff, stuff like that has kind of... Uh, fallen a little bit in popularity. Um, I feel like maybe monograms are like the next ice sculpture <laughs> type thing. But there's there's venues that, are, you know, especially around here where they look great. Like there's a big bear like brick wall or something. You want to throw something up there. Now there's a lot of like we offer like vinyl dance floor wrapping. So you can like, you know, you can have a design on the dance floor. You can have like your initials or names like right there with really cool design all over it. People are kind of moving towards that, you know, away from the the monograms. Anything music-wise that you're seeing a trend in? Like people going away from something or doing more of like 80s or 90s or, you know? Yeah, I mean, the like the early 2000s is is like the most fun thing to, to play right now. People, because that's like the age group that's getting married is like 30 years old. So, I mean, that music right now is the most fun for me to play because, you know, I was high school and college at that yeah. time. So that's kind of always the music that sticks with you. So... Yeah, it's definitely the most fun to play right now. It's tough because the music right now, I'm going to sound like such an old person, <laughs> but there isn't like a ton of like great music to play at, at weddings that's coming out currently. It's like, you know, the last like album where you got multiple tracks to play was like Bruno Mars. That's true. I haven't really heard any jams in the last like couple of years. I'm like, oh, that's going to be like arena hit or at all the weddings. Like I love Dua Lipa. I think her music's great, but I can't think of one of the songs. I'm like, that's going to be played at every wedding or during halftime, at, you know. Yeah, like, Levitating is probably one of the the better newer songs to, to play at a wedding. And Lizzo is really fun to play at weddings too. But even that's a couple of years old already. Yeah, it is, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like we missed a whole year of playing Lizzo at weddings last year. <laughs> I feel like that year just 2020 just didn't exist. <laughs> and actually, let's get to that because with COVID, a lot of couples postponed their wedding. So with this wedding season of 2021 and going into 2022, are you seeing this this kind of like jam of couples trying to like get in their, their dates on top of the people that have been getting engaged in the meantime? Yeah, because we, w- I mean, we went through, you know, a whole summer last year of just canceling and and postponing. And there was there was no selling happening. Nobody wanted to you know book anything at that time. So now it's you know we're we're doing all these weddings that were postponed, and then people are like, well, let me let me get my wedding in also. And and so now it's like, yeah, it, it's it's crazy now. Just trying to get everything in and help everybody. So definitely something for couples to consider is if having a DJ or a band is important to you, get on that as soon as you get your date and venue because. 
there's a lot of couples that are still making up for that lost time and then all the couples being engaged now and Yeah, and even, you know, 2022 is is booking pretty quickly. I'm almost fully booked for 22 already, which is is crazy. Any 23s already? I think as a company we have like 5 23s booked. But engagement season is coming up, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the engagement season during the the winter like, you know, uh, I'm sure starting in November we're we're just going to be all 23 at that point. So, any last advice for couples planning their wedding? Just um, you know, do your research, you know, I think something that that I, that you've hit you've touched on with, you know, some of the other guests like Angela and and Melanie is being comfortable with the person that you that you hire cuz they're going to be with you, you know, photographers going to be there all day. You got to make sure that your personalities mesh and and the person knows exactly what you're looking for. So a lot of times, you know, I end up working with a lot of the same people like a Melanie or an Angela just because we attract the same type of people. So, you know, once you find, you know, a planner or a photographer that you're super comfortable with, you know, ask them for a few recommendations because they're going to give you people that they like working with also. So, you know, if they're comfortable with them, chances are pretty good that you're going to be comfortable with them also. It's all about finding that personality match and make sure that they're they're going to do stuff that that makes the day special for you and your guests. I love that. That is really great advice. What to you? is the best first dance song. See, who did you... You asked this to someone, one of your other guests, mm-hmm. and I, I I was thinking about it, and I hate doing this because, <laughs> like... I mean, there's tons there's, of options, I know. I know there's so many. Like, like, like I, I picked something... Like, I picked out my first dance song for my wife. And, what and was I, it? It was The Woman I Love by Jason Mraz. It was a live Aww. version, like acoustic. Um, and it was just because when I... When I heard it, I thought about her. So it was really so specific to us that, you know, it wasn't this huge popular song that that everybody else was going to be using, and it was just something that we could have. And then there's, you know, there's times where, like, my friend has asked me for advice. I'm like, you guys, I can't give you, I can't give you your first dance song. But, you know, they were getting married in 2013 in September, and John Legend just released all of me, and I was like, "God, this is a really great song." And it hadn't it hadn't gone up the charts yet. It literally just came out. I was like, "Guys, listen to this song. See if you like it." Because I love it, and it is just like it, they listen to it and they're like, "Oh my god, this is the perfect song." And then by the time their wedding rolled around, it was like number one for for weeks on end, <laughs> and you know, it was the most popular first dance song. A current one or more current one that I really like is Leon Bridges has an acoustic version of uh, Beyond. I think Luke Bryant might be on it also, but uh, I think he did it for like Spotify sessions. Really, really cool version. But yeah, that's, that's a, again, it's like, it's so personal and specific that I, yeah, I hate giving recommendations <laughs> unless I know more about the people. No, I know it's tough. Yeah. So how can we get more information on you, Eric, and CLE Music Group? So I, uh, yeah, I'm in the office of Cleveland Music Group. You know, you can look us up online, follow us on Instagram. I believe it's CLE Music Group, GRP. I'm at the Bearded DJ pretty much everywhere. If you're a parent, you want to listen to a podcast and listen to me struggle about parenting. <laughs> New dad, newer dad, and we're on Instagram too. So, Well, thanks for being here with us yeah, today. Thanks for having me. A lot of great me. advice and love to have you back. Thanks for listening to Weddings Unveiled. Make sure you follow the show on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And follow Weddings Unveiled on social media. 
This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to executive producers David Moss and Gerardo Orlando, production director Bridget Coyne, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. Don't forget to enjoy the journey.